The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. Good morning, Shades. Um, our scripture reading for today is from Matthew, make sure I say it right, Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. So I'll give you a moment. Okay, so Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of the Lord. So I do invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, if you haven't done so yet. Um, There's not many things that I pride myself in, but being an excellent gift giver is one of them. Uh, I may or may not have been accused by Brad Brown more than once of being like Leslie Nope, uh, an accusation that I take pride in, as a matter of fact. Uh, But that does not mean I have never failed at the gift-giving task. Most infamously is the blunder of Mother's Day 2020. I won't rehash all the details to spare my bride this morning from reliving the pain publicly, but suffice it to say that going halvesies with your brother on a gift that you personally put no thought into doesn't exactly communicate deep love and appreciation. To all the moms who are here today, I hope that you receive better gifts than what I did that year, but... I believe you will receive no greater gift than the one given to us by God the Father through our text today. That's for all of us. Great gifts are given here in Matthew chapter 6. Look at it with me, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. There's a... There's this old sketch with Bob Newhart. For all of you who are too young to know who Bob Newhart is, he's Papa Elf in the movie Elf, okay? But there's this old sketch with Bob Newhart where he plays a therapist, and he claims to be able to cure anyone who comes to him in five minutes. And that's because no matter his client's fears or anxieties, he gives them the same two words of advice. Stop it. That's all he does. The entire sketch, you should look it up on YouTube, it's actually quite hilarious. But we laugh at that sketch because it's so ridiculous. And many people laugh at Jesus' words right here in Matthew 6 as if he's saying the same thing. Do not be anxious. 
stop it. And we laugh to ourselves and we think, aw, Jesus, you're so cute with your simplistic advice. But you really don't know the things that we know now about stuff like anxiety. And I just want to say, really? Shades, be careful. Be careful of treating God's word as if it is antiquated and irrelevant for our modern enlightened minds. When we do that, I guarantee we are the ones being simplistic, failing to see the depths and the power of what God has given us in his word. Shades, Shades, of course, of course, Jesus knows. Jesus knows all about the multiplicity of factors that go into something like anxiety. He knows about chronic conditions of anxiety. He knows about those things more than we do. And his words right here in Matthew chapter 6, they do not negate at all the multiplicity of treatments like, like therapy or counseling or even medication. I've shared with you many times before. I'm a pastor on Prozac, been one for a decade. Like I'm not anti-medication at all. No, as the creator, Jesus is the one who has provided us with all of those means of relief. But... But none, none, none of those things will lead to ultimate defeat of our anxiety apart from the powerful word of God. And his powerful word is much more than simply stop it. We should see that in the first word of verse 25. What's the first word? Therefore. He's saying a lot more than I tell you not to be anxious, a lot more than stop it. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. In other words, I've been saying stuff that should lead you to this result. In light of everything that I have just said, you should be, your heart should be being led away from anxiety. He's not just saying stop it as if, hey, try harder not to be anxious. That will only increase your anxiety. He's not telling you to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, try really hard not to be anxious. No, he has been giving you stuff that should be leading your heart away from anxiety, and he is going to give us stuff that should put anxiety to death. Therefore, in light of everything I've just said, do you remember what he's just said in verses 19 to 24 that we covered last week? If you look back up at it, Jesus has been talking to us about two possible treasures for your heart in verse 19. Earthly treasure heavenly treasure. One of those can corrode and be stolen. That creates anxiety. One of those will be kept forever. That kills anxiety. He goes on from there to use the image of our eyes to talk about two possible places to fix our gaze, or in other words, to put our trust. Remember we saw we can fix our gaze, put our trust in our own resources, which creates anxiety. And it leads to a life of greed. I'm worried I won't be able to provide for myself. So I'm going to hang on to everything. Or he showed us we can set our eyes on him, set our eyes on Christ, trust in all that he provides. And that kills anxiety and leads to a life of generosity. I don't need to hang on to everything. I can give away, showing that he is the true greatest treasure two possible treasures two possible trusts ultimately he's been talking to us about two possible masters that's how he sums it up in verse 24 look at it 
No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love, treasure, treasure the other, or he will be devoted to the one, trust. He'll trust the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's money and all that it can buy. All the provision, all the protection, all the satisfaction, all the security. Everything that Jesus has just said takes aim at what we will treasure and trust. In other words, at where we'll put our faith. Those are the two primary words I use when I talk to you about faith, treasure and trust. Jesus has been challenging where are we going to treasure and trust, where are we going to put our faith, in God or in our own resources. Putting our faith in one of those things creates anxiety. The other kills it. Notice, Jesus is not talking about anxiety in general right here. In other words, he's not addressing every single thing that could cause anxiety in your life. He's taking a very specific aim at anxieties that all of us experience over life's basic needs. Trusting in our... it because one of those namely our own resources can rust rot be stolen that potential produces anxiety that that which i treasure could be lost but when my treasure and my trust are in god anxiety is not created it's killed because jesus says nothing no moth no rust no thief nothing can take my treasure or shake my trust in him therefore do not be anxious about your life do you see jesus's logic here You see how he's been leading us away from anxiety by pointing us to treasure and trusting in him. It's actually rather easy to see his logic. We we acknowledged that last week. It's, It's all over the Bible. Treasuring and trusting the things of this world creates anxiety. Treasuring and trusting God kills anxiety or kills fear or kills worry. I'll just give you one other example just to prove the point. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Don't trust and treasure in money and all that it can provide. Trust and treasure in me. That can be taken away. I'll never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Its logic is all over the place. It's rather easy to see. But we also acknowledged last week, this is really hard to believe. It's hard to live. Day to day. Not just hard. I would say impossible. Sure, I can see, Jesus, how trusting in you and not my own resources leads to the death of anxiety, but that feels impossible for me. I naturally believe the opposite. Just like the Pharisees. Remember the Pharisees who claimed to be single-heartedly devoted to God, but we saw last week that their trust, their love was in their own resources, in their money. This divided life is one that Jesus says leads to anxiety. And he calls us to a greater righteousness, not a divided life, but a life of single, wholehearted devotion to him that is to kill that kind of anxiety. I can see that, but it feels impossible to live that. 
It feels impossible to believe that unless that belief is empowered. It feels impossible to live that unless I'm empowered to do so. Shades, this is the gift that we need from the Father. We need Him. I told you He gives us great gifts this morning. This is the gift that we need. We need Him to give us the power to believe, to wholeheartedly treasure and trust Him so that we're set free from anxiety. That's what we need. I I think Jesus himself emphasizes that in verse 25. Look at the full thing. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more? Is not life more than food? Is not the body more, more than clothing? Jesus says life is about more than food. The body is about more than clothing. In other words, God has given you existence for more than mere survival. We need to be set free from these anxieties so that we can live for the more that we were created for. That's what we need. And so that's what he gives. And he does it by giving us the gifts of birds, and flowers. Look at it with me. First, birds. Moms, I know that's not the gift you thought you wanted today. Promise it's the best gift. Look at verse 26. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Throughout this passage, when I say that, I mean all the way into last week's passage, all the way back up to verse 19. Throughout this passage, Jesus has been consistently talking about two basic human needs that cause anxiety, namely provision and protection, satisfaction and security. And you just go all the way back up to verse 19 where he talks about earthly treasure that can be devoured by moths. That's concern over provision. Or it can be stolen by thieves. That's concern over security, protection. This is what he's still talking about when we get to right here in verse 25. He tells us, don't worry about what we'll eat or drink. That's provision. Or about what we'll wear. That's protection. The most basic need of clothing is protection of the body from the elements. And Jesus is aiming to free us from these twin anxieties. And he does it by providing power through twin promises. First, a promise of provision. And to see this promise of provision, Jesus says all you need to do is look up. Look, look at the birds, Jesus says. They're not planting. They're not harvesting. They're not storing. In other words, they don't have jobs and bank accounts. Yet they're provided for. How? Jesus says, your father. Your father feeds them. Now, Shades, right here, at this moment, in this passage, you have a choice to make. You can either believe what Jesus says right here, or not. Most of us don't. At least not in any way that makes an actual difference in our lives. Most of us are practical deists. You know what a deist is? Deism? 
Deism is the idea that, sure, there's a God who made the world, created it, but he kind of wound it up like a watch and he just let it go. Many of us live that way practically. God made the world, wound it up, let it go. Now, now things just kind of tick along on their, on their own. As modern enlightened minds, we tend to think of this way because of the observable patterns of science. Listen, all the patterns of science are are our ability to consistently observe God's providence. Things like birds finding their food don't just happen automatically. Jesus says no. He says the birds eat because your heavenly Father feeds them every last one. Hundreds of billions of birds, which I know freaks some of you out because you're scared of birds. There there are hundreds of billions in the world and your father's feeding them. Take it up with him. And he does this not by drop. I'm not saying God drops the food into the bird's mouth. Martin Luther uh, famously said that God feeds all the birds, but not by dropping their food into their mouths. In other words, he's saying this is not promoting laziness. No, he doesn't do it that. He does it by his all-powerful providence, his governance, active, proactive involvement and governance of everything. Charles Spurgeon would say that not a dust mote dances in a beam of light apart from the will of your Father. His all-powerful providence. Shades, do you believe what Jesus is saying? Do you believe in the all-pervasive providence of God that he sovereignly sees to the feeding of every bird on the planet. If you believe that, then every chirp you hear and every wing you ever see flutter is a testimony to the faithfulness of your heavenly father. Jesus wants you to look up and see that kind of symphony of glory so that the next thing he says will hit your heart with the full force of its power. He says, are you not of more value than birds? This is an argument from the lesser to the greater. See what your heavenly father does for the birds? Sure, you're more valuable, despite the objections of my daughter Karis, that animals are more valuable than people. It's right here, it's in the word, it's her least favorite verse in the Bible. You're more valuable. So will he not do much more in providing for you? Shades, do you see the power that your heavenly father is providing through a promise? He's he's doing with us what I do with my kids when they're scared of the dark. I go to their room, I sit on the edge of the bed, I take them up in my arms, and I whisper into their ears promises that provide power. I'm here. I'm with you. I won't let anything happen to you. I don't give them a harsh rebuke in the midst of that moment. Quit being a wuss. It's just, it's just the dark. Humans have been sleeping in it for thousands of years. Being scared of the dark is dumb. Grow up. No. I give them gentle reassurance. Shades, this is what your heavenly father is doing right here in Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is not a harsh rebuke. It's been taught that way before. Don't be anxious. Stop it. This is not a harsh rebuke. 
Matthew 6 is gentle reassurance. That's why it repeatedly calls God your Father. Not just your Father, most specifically, your Heavenly Father. Heavenly, stressing that yes, He is the sovereign God overall who has all power, but He's not just the Heavenly God, He's your Heavenly Father, meaning He wields all that power to provide for you. Why would I trust in my own power? What can my own power accomplish anyway? Nothing, according to the next verse, verse 27. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Not me. Not you. Do you see, do you see the, the logic of this argument? By God's, this is what Jesus is saying, by his power, God can sustain every bird on the planet. Can can your power even add a single hour to your life? No. So trust your Father who has promised to wield His power to provide for you every hour of your life. Shades, you want to hear God Himself whisper that promise in your ear? Just look up. Look at the birds. The Greek underneath that command right there, to look at, means to look intently at. This isn't a passing glance. This is to look at in order to learn from. Martin Luther says we are to make the birds our schoolmasters and our teachers. John Stott talks about, so you know the study of birds is called uh, ornithology. He calls this ornotheology. Ha ha, preachers got jokes. Look at the birds. Do this. If your heart is racing with anxiety over provision, God has provided for you a promise that literally flies like a banner through the skies. Go read it, shades. Take a walk. Look up. Watch the birds. All my bird watchers are really excited about this right now. Don't tell me that you don't have time. Just check your screen time app on your phone and draw a big circle around the amount of time you are giving your heart and your head to something that is proven to increase and create anxiety. Flip it and give it to something that kills it. Look at the birds. They are his gift to you. Every bird in the sky bears witness to his promise of provision. And that promise empowers our faith, our treasuring and our trusting in him so that our anxiety is killed. This is what we need. And so this is what our father gives. First, he gives it through the gifts of birds. But our father is not done. Second, he gives us power for anxiety to be put to death, he gives us power through the gift of flowers. A little bit more of a traditional Mother's Day gift right here. Gives us this power through the gift of flowers. Look at verse 28. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, or probably a better translation right there would be wild flowers. Things being grown that haven't been cultivated by anybody but God himself. Consider the wild flowers of the field how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, 
even Solomon, Solomon, who was known for giving proverbial wisdom according to nature. Look at the ant, look at the bee, look at all these different things. So God pulls him in, so I'll pull him into my own nature example right here. Even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one, one. He doesn't say all the wildflowers of the world together outweigh Solomon. He says one. Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Jesus is giving us another argument from the lesser to the greater. Another gentle rebuke, not a harsh one. Oh, you of little faith, I believe, is said with a smirk and a smile. As he calls you to trust your Father. Gentle rebuke to reorient us, to reassure our faith. This time, he does it through the gift of wild flowers that clothe the grass. Grass that often would be cut down and used as fuel to start fires in things like ovens. I, I learned to start fires as a kid in South Georgia using pine straw. It's kind of the exact same thing going on right here. No one cares for or values these kinds of plants right here, but God does. God values this grass that's alive today and gone tomorrow. He values it to the point that he arrays this grass in greater glory than the richest, most lavishly dressed king that Israel had ever known, Solomon. I think you want to put that in modern terms. Think, think, of, a, think of the Met Gala. All right? Don't lie. Half you like clicked on a headline to scroll through all those crazy clothes. And, and all of those outfits that graced the red carpet of that fundraiser last week, uh, the one that caught my eye the most was I saw a headline that uh, Kim Kardashian wore. Everybody's laughing like you didn't look at it too, okay? Kim Kardashian apparently wore Marilyn Monroe's dress, the dress that she sang, Happy Birthday, Mr. President, to president kennedy in here's what's so crazy about that to me we we weave an iconic piece of clothing and we work much work has gone into preserving that thing for generations to come but that garment in all of its beauty can't even compare with the beauty and the glory of flowers that god makes to clothe the grass and he does that even though it will never be preserved it's here today gone tomorrow and that's jesus's point if your father cares so much for the grass, will he not much more care for you? Will he not clothe you, provide your body with the protection that it needs? Let that promise provide power to kill your anxiety. You want to hear the father whisper that promise in your ear? Just look down. Look, look at the ground. See the flowers. That your father weaves every last one of them as a garment for the grass. He, he stitches their petals together as a testimony to his promises of protection. And that promise, it empowers our faith, our treasuring, and our trusting of him so that our anxiety is killed. Shades, this is what we need and this is what our father gives. It's what he, what he gives. So Shades... Jesus says, in light of these good gifts, birds, the flowers, the provision, the protection, in light of all this, don't live as if you don't have a father. 
That's what he says in verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, those nations who don't know God as Father, they're the ones who seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father, you've got a Father, and He knows that you need them all. The Gentiles, those who don't know God, they're the ones that live anxiously. We saw them pray anxiously. The wording right here is echoing wording from earlier in their chapter. All you got to do is go back up in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is teaching us to pray. And right before he gives the Lord's Prayer, he talks about the Gentiles who are constantly heaping up phrases and, and trying to appease their gods, manipulate them to give them what they want by their words that they mass up because they anxiously need provision and have no trust that the God they're praying to will provide it. And Jesus follows that warning by saying, but you get to pray to your Father who knows what you need before you even ask for it. You don't, you don't have to live... Anxiety is the air that the world breathes, but the breath of the believer is faith. You don't have to live the way that they do because you have a Father who provides all that you need, so you are free. Free from spending your life on, on seeking these things. Free to seek something else. Free to seek what? Jesus tells us what. Look at verse 33. But you, Gentiles seek all these things. But you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, they will be added to you. This is the more shades. This is the more that you were created for. Jesus told us life is about more than food. The body is about more than clothing. God has given you existence for more than mere survival. He has given it to you for satisfaction. To make, he's given you life to know and make known joy-filled satisfaction in Him. God has given you life to share His life with you. He has given you life that you may have true life in Him. We, we spend our lives anxiously seeking mere survival through food and through clothing. And even if we get enough of those things to ensure mere survival, we still spend our lives seeking our satisfaction in, those, in more of those same things. We seek finer foods to satisfy our stomachs. We seek grander clothes to display our glory to others. It, it doesn't matter if you're poor and you seek food and clothing for survival or if you're rich and you seek food and clothing like you find on the red carpet of the Met Gala for satisfaction. Either way, all of that seeking only induces anxiety because life is about more than food and the body is about more than clothing. And we know that deep down in our bones. And the more that you were made for is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek that shades. Wholeheartedly, not dividedly, Seek that, wholeheartedly seek him and the righteous kingdom life that he has been laying out through the Sermon on the Mount. He has promised everything you need in order to do that. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, everything you need to do that, all these things will be, all the provision, 
all the protection. Just, just look up at the birds or down at the flowers. Literally, look up, look down, look, look all around you and let all of creation testify to the faithfulness of your Father to provide. Great is His faithfulness. Don't we sing that? Great is your faithfulness, O God, my Father. And we sing about how nature itself, looking up, looking down, everywhere, how it testifies to that summer, winter, springtime, harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Shades, receive these gifts. Birds, flowers, and freedom. Freedom from your Father. Seek first his kingdom and all these things. All these things will be added to you. All the provision. All the protection. Even, even when you face your darkest and hardest of days, even when you face days that include persecution, even on the day of your death, he will provide everything you need to face those days as they come. How's that work? Like, Perhaps you're like me. As I read through this passage, I have this nagging question just lingering as I read the words and the promises of Jesus. Perhaps you're like me, and as we've gone through this, you have felt the same thing. Perhaps you've been thinking, Jonathan, these promises of protection and provision, they're cute and all. And I can see, logically, how these promises are supposed to kill anxiety But I know, I know that in reality, provision and protection aren't always there. Jonathan, what are you going to say about uh, Christians that die of starvation and persecution? Where was their provision and protection for, for them? I mean, Jonathan, even the illustration that Jesus gives of the birds, that breaks down. God doesn't provide for every single bird. Millions of birds die a day. Those of you that hate birds can take comfort in that fact. So Jonathan, preach a man. How exactly are these promises supposed to kill anxiety? Jesus is glad we asked because he's not done. There's one more verse in this passage. And a lot of scholars don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with verse 34. It kind of just feels like it's tacked on at the end, like we've already hit the climax in verse 33. Yay, hurrah, end of sermon, let's go home. But I don't think this is just a throwaway tack on. I think that Jesus gives us verse 34 specifically to keep us from misunderstanding his promises and the power that they provide. Look at it, Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus doesn't promise that our days will be trouble-free, but that he will provide us with what we need to face each day's troubles. You see that. He doesn't promise that our days will be trouble-free, but that he will provide us what we need to face each day's troubles troubles even when those troubles include something like lack of food lack of clothing persecution or even death 
All you got to do, go to Matthew chapter 10 later today. Go to Matthew chapter 10. There, Jesus is specifically talking to his disciples about worry and fear and anxiety that they may have creep up in their hearts when they are facing something like persecution. And listen to the reason he gives them to kill their anxiety and their fear. Matthew 10 and verse 28. Do not fear those who can kill the body. Ha! Easy for you to say, Jesus, do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Look back at those birds. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground, die apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Yes, Shades, Jesus knows that millions of birds die every day. And he says that even the smallest among them, such as a sparrow, doesn't die or fall to the ground apart from the sovereign will of his father. His father has determined every number of every sparrow's days. And he will provide everything that bird needs until it reaches its finish line. How much more will he do this for you and me? Shades, your all-powerful heavenly Father has lovingly determined the number of your days. Psalm 139 and verse 16 says he wrote them all down in his book before yet any of them came to be. No amount of anxiety can help you add to them. That's what verse 27 said. Remember, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? None of us. Lifespan set, and it's set by the one I want it set by. The father who I know loves and cares for me and sets that lifespan for Jonathan Hafe's perfectly and then promises to provide everything I need for every day appointed to me and everything I face along the way even if it is hunger and lack of clothing starvation persecution or death he will provide me with everything I need for every single one of my days therefore do not be anxious do not be anxious about tomorrow he'll provide what you need tomorrow tomorrow each day's troubles is sufficient for itself. He gives you what you need today. He will provide all the power I need today. I know that, that he'll provide all the power I need today and every step of the way. I know that because he purchased every ounce of that power that I need. Jesus poured out his own life on the cross to provide, provide provision, the promise of provision. He poured out his life to provide me with life. His body was stripped of clothes so that I might be clothed now and forever in his righteous life. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 53. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. Put on like clothes more beautiful than Solomon's robes that outshine even the flowers of the field. This perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? Cancer, where is your sting? Sickness, where is your sting? Divorce, where's your sting? Abuse, where's your sting? All of you defeated fully and finally. Death itself, where is your sting? I'm protected from it because my Savior has provided me with everything I need. And the day is coming, Shades, when we will experience the 
fullness of that protection and provision fully and finally in new creation. We will feast with him forever. Won't worry about what we need to eat or drink. He will clothe us in glory forever. Won't need to worry about what we'll wear. Why would we worry about anything when he is providing us with everything? So shades, today you are free. You're free because he is providing you with what you need to be free from anxiety today so that you might live for more, for his kingdom and his righteousness. He's providing you with what you need. Don't believe me? Just look up or look down. all around you. I tried to do this this week, every day this week, as I drove home and I was pondering this text. I tried to notice every stinking bird. I tried to look at every flower. I tried to notice every tree. And we got crazy amounts of trees in Birmingham. Hills, every blade of grass billowing and shaking in the wind and think about the fact that it shakes because my father wills it so. It's overwhelming. It'll hurt your head, but it will heal your heart. Look up, shades. Look at at the gifts that he has given you to bear witness to his promise that he'll provide provide you with the power to treasure and trust him. That is what we need. That's what our Father gives. Birds, flowers, and freedom.